Chance Careers podcast. In this series, we as the UK Reach Network, the firm's network for advancing race equality and celebrating heritage, aim to celebrate and highlight the cultures that make us who we are and that shape the diversity of experiences and voices at Clifford Chance. In this episode, we'll be focusing on Christmas. I'm Maxine Purcell. I'm the Assistant Practice Area Manager for London Litigation and Real Estate here at Clifford Chance, and I'm a member of the UK Reach Steering Committee. In this episode, I'm pleased to be speaking to three members of our Clifford Chance Christian Fellowship, one of a number of affinity groups here at Clifford Chance. Firstly, Charles Wackiwaka, a Senior Associate from our London Derivatives and Structured Products team. Welcome, Charles, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Also joining us is Laura Douglas, a Senior Associate in our London Financial Regulatory team. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks. And finally, Tim Lee, a senior associate in our restructuring and insolvency team, also in London. Welcome, Tim. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for having us. So, uh, Christmas is coming, and many of us probably associate that with parties, seeing friends and family, mint pies, and so on. But of course, behind that is one of the most important events in the Christian year. So, as Christians, what does Christmas mean to you, and why do you celebrate Christmas? Laura, would you like to go with that one first? Sure, thanks, Max. So, for Christians, I guess the heart of Christmas is that it is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, I guess people of different faiths or non have different views of Jesus, who he is. Um, so, for example, he's regarded as a prophet in Islam. Um, and obviously, Christianity is also a huge religion with kind of over two billion followers. So, you know, within that, there's, there's probably sort of a spectrum um, of sort of what people understand um, about Jesus. But I guess maybe looking to, to the Bible. So um, there are probably a couple of things maybe to highlight about um, what Christmas really means to, to us as Christians. I guess first, we're celebrating um, a real historical event. So the first Christmas, a young woman called Mary really did give birth to a little boy called Jesus um, in a small city, um, Bethlehem in Judea. Um, maybe the second thing is the Bible says so Jesus is both fully human and fully God. So he said to have two natures um, united in one person actually right from the outset. So sort of we're celebrating, I guess, the the moment in which God steps into human history in a real tangible way as a person. And that's a key moment um, in God's plan to save the world that we see um, sort of played out in the pages of history set out in the Bible. And maybe just kind of to give a flavour of that, um, it's about God who is completely perfect um, coming down to reconcile humanity, um, an imperfect world, um, to himself. Um, so the message of Christmas, I guess, is one of hope. It's one of peace um, and God coming um, to to us um, to bring people into a relationship with him. Yeah. And the full significance of you know, what all that means is something that the church has been grappling with uh, very nearly 2,000 years now. Um, but to give a sense of it, St. Paul, who's often regarded as the first Christian theologian, has a phrase that uh, his or God's strength 
is made perfect in weakness. And I think we can see something of that in Christmas. So God comes into the world to save it, not as some kind of massive, overpowering super being, or, or even as the obvious heir to a, a great earthly kingdom. He comes as a tiny, helpless child born into a relatively poor family on the fringes of the Roman Empire. And that's not to say that Jesus doesn't go on to work more obvious miracles later on in his life. Of course, according to the Bible, he does. But, but all of that, in some sense, depends upon the love, the care, the self-sacrifice, the sleepless nights, the discovery of uh, new limits of patience that you never knew you had, all of the things that a newborn baby ordinarily demands, and demands, in this case, of some seemingly quite ordinary people. So you get this remarkable idea of God co-operating with ordinary people to save the world. And, and you see from the start of that, uh, the start of uh, what you might think of as Christian charity being inspired from, uh, from Christmas. I love that. <laughs> and Charles, Laura has uh, already touched on it, but Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus. Can you tell us in a bit more detail about why that's so significant? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we can learn a lot about why the birth of Jesus is so significant um, by reading any of the eyewitness accounts in the Bible. So any of the four Gospels, really, of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Um, and if we take Matthew's Gospel, for instance, and the story of Jesus' birth, the Christmas story, as it were, um, can be found in the first two chapters of Matthew's Gospel. So um, and I think we learn quite a lot about Jesus just from that story alone. Um, so in the very first chapter, Matthew tells us that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So as Laura mentioned, um, that is God himself coming in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, and as you read on in Matthew's gospel, um, something sort of Tim touched on, you know, you see Jesus put all of his divine authority on display, um, ultimately in his resurrection, of course. Um, so that's the first thing, really, that Jesus is God with us, or Emmanuel. Yeah. And Matthew tells us as well, doesn't he, that, that this is um, you know, the fulfillment of a prophecy that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah uh, about 700 years beforehand. Um, so if you read uh, Isaiah chapter 7, uh, in, in the Hebrew it possibly says uh, that, the, that a young woman shall give birth, but the way that Matthew reads that, and the way that the earliest translations read that, is that a virgin shall give birth. And so we see in this, uh, again, this, this idea of God's promise of salvation to the world coming into fruition in this in a really quite surprising and profound way. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, Matthew takes a lot of time to, to sort of point out all the ways in which Jesus fulfills various prophecies of the Old Testament. I mean, well, you could say that of all the Gospels, I guess, really. Um, you know, at the end of Luke's Gospel, for example, um, immediately after Jesus' death and resurrection, um, you know, there's a brilliant scene where Jesus sort of decides to tag along with a couple of disciples as they leave Jerusalem. Um, I mean, they're pretty depressed because you know jesus has just been crucified and it appears that all is lost but 
eventually they recognize the risen Lord Jesus. And what they learn is that all of the scriptures, which is you know, what we refer to as the Old Testament, they point towards and prepare us for the arrival of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Um, in terms of celebrating Christmas, COVID-19 means that this year has been quite different from normal. Um, but how would you normally celebrate Christmas? Um, I think it would be great to he hear from each of you. Uh, Tim, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess in, in comparison with um, you know, other faith and affinity groups of CC, as Christians, you do have some advantages. So, for example, in the UK, at least, our key religious holidays Christmas and of course Easter also tend to be bank holidays so it's possible to spend time worship it's possible to spend time uh, with family it's possible to mark the occasion in, in you know, whatever way is appropriate within your particular pastoral tradition uh, Christian tradition of course that's not true for for everyone all around the world or indeed for, for all different branches of Christianity but uh, I do think it's important that we recognize that, that for many of us that's an advantage that we have of course I suppose that can be a bit of a twin-edged sword so Advent is traditionally supposed to be a season of fasting in the lead up to Christmas, but, um, but in normal times, uh, being in the office with so many mince pies around, it's really quite hard <laughs> to observe that. So um, a bit of a twin-edged sword perhaps, but, uh, but, but that's not to, that doesn't necessarily, that we're not grateful for the, the accommodations that, you know, that, that the firm and the society as a whole makes, uh, makes for us as Christians. Right, thank you. And Charles? Yeah, I mean, well, my family is sort of spread across different continents, so it's it's harder for us all to get together. But um, you know, a highlight for me is certainly the carol services. Um, you know, so there's mulled wine and mince pies. In case Tim hasn't had enough, but you know, of course, there's the carols themselves. And um, you know, I, I think it's amazing as well just to um, think about the full significance of the words we're actually singing. Um, you know, various carols sing of Jesus being king or, um, you know, the incarnate deity, begotten, not created, or, of course, Emmanuel. I mean, we, we talked about Jesus being Emmanuel earlier. Um, you know, in one of my favorite carols, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you know, this is a carol that longs for God to come and set the world right. Um, you know, and we mentioned that Emmanuel, God, came at Christmas in the birth of Jesus, Um you know, when the wise men find Jesus, again in Matthew's Gospel, this is, um, they, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and they worshipped this baby. Um, and, and that joyful mood is, is really well captured in, in a lot of the carols, I think. And, you know, I think that's why we enjoy singing them so much. I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, one of my most favourite things is being in the church on Christmas Eve and singing. Yeah and Chris Dingle and all of those wonderful things. So, yeah, I love I loved the feeling and the uplifting feeling that it brings um, and, and everybody being together. I think it's great. Um, Laura? Yeah, Max, I would totally agree with you. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm sure every family has their own particular Christmas traditions, but as a family, we would usually go to church. So either, you know, late on Christmas Eve for Christmas Mass um, midnight mass or you know when my sister and I were younger we might go on Christmas morning itself so we didn't have to stay up quite so late um, but you know and then on Christmas day we'd have the usual kind of Christmas dinner 
spending time with family, turkey, Christmas pudding, mulled wine, and of course, presents. Um, so actually, I was always so excited about Christmas when I was younger that I once woke the whole family up at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, my excuse was that I got the hands on the clock that went round, but they weren't very impressed <laughs> um, when they realised. Um, but actually, maybe just to pick up on kind of a theme that I think, you know, actually what Tim was saying earlier, a huge part of Christmas, I think that for me and probably for lots of people is the anticipation. So it's, you know, it's waiting for Christmas Day, putting up the Christmas tree, the decorations, sending Christmas cards, carol singing. And, you know, I think you do get a sense of, you know, that's kind of what Advent means. So the season of Advent in the month leading up to Christmas, we're anticipating Christmas Day when we then finally get to celebrate um, the birth of Jesus. And I think kind of there's a bit of a parallel there in terms of, you know, what I, I guess, you know, Tim Charles were talking about earlier about these prophecies in the Old Testament, that sense of people had been waiting for centuries for God to fulfill some of those promises um, that you see sort of in, you know, in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. So I think kind of that, that feeling of anticipation you get um, in the lead up to Christmas is kind of an echo um, of the anticipation we see um, in the Bible kind of building up to, to the very first Christmas as well. Thank you. Um, Coming back to you, Tim, and thinking about the impact of COVID and what we've just discussed, um, things will obviously be different this year. Um, how different will they be for you? And, and, you know, will you still be able to celebrate in some way? Yeah, so I guess you know, before, you, before you get to celebrations, I think it's important to, to keep in mind you know, how, how COVID has affected people and, and in lots and lots of different ways. So obviously physically some people have, have COVID or indeed lost people to COVID. Um, it's affected people emotionally, mentally, and of course, for very many people financially. And so, uh, an important part, I think, of, um, of, of certainly my experience of being a Christian this year, and, and I suspect for many other people too, is, is uh, an, an increased emphasis on on the importance of the church's charitable work and supporting that in uh, in whatever way. Um, you know, as Christians, you say you feel called to do. So I think you know, this year the urgency of many of the church's ministries will be probably more visible than than perhaps in previous years. And uh, and, and it's you know, in, in the season of Advent, the Bible talks about you know, making straight the way of the Lord, prepare a straight path for Him to get the world ready for uh, for, for Christ to come in and, and reign with justice, and, and trying to work to make the world. In whatever way we can, more just in this season of Advent, is I think going to be increasingly important this year. You know, alongside finding whatever way we can to 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 worship God and to and to mark the occasion. So I guess one of the obvious um, things that COVID is going to impact this year is that it's much harder to get together in large groups. Um, so in the UK, I mean, we've mentioned carols already. Um, and in light of the current restrictions in London, at least, um, it's fantastic that, that, you know, we are actually able to, to have some carol service in person. Um, but unfortunately, we probably won't be able to actually sing, which is a bit of a shame if you love singing Christmas carols. Um, but actually, sort of, I think one of the good things has been the, the level of creativity we've seen. Um, so there will be actually 
loads of virtual carol services taking place, sort of, um, you know, pre-recorded or via Zoom or whatever. Um, and actually just to sort of plug um, the CC Choir, um, which I'm also a member of. Um, so um, the CC Choir recorded one of the carols for the Canary Wharf Chaplaincy um, carol service, which um, was happening on the 15th of December. Um, so, you know, I think it's an example of, of how people are being, I think, quite creative um, in COVID times. Um, but actually, I'm also sort of practicing more on the piano because I'm going to be playing at my own church's uh, carol services in the week before Christmas. Um, but I do think it's been a chance really for people to think about sort of, you know, how can we still celebrate um, without maybe physically meeting in big groups? Um, but actually, maybe going back to what Tim was saying about Advent earlier, maybe it means that for some of us, at least, it's, it's easier to focus on what Christmas really means rather than kind of getting distracted by all the Christmas parties and shopping and presents. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but um, I think it's, yeah, the chance to reflect. So there are plenty of ways for people to celebrate Christmas and explore its full meaning. Uh, just before we go, one final question for each of you. What is your favourite Christmas memory? Charles? Yeah, so for, for me, I guess, yeah, having two young children has yeah, really changed things in our house quite a bit. Um, you know, they're not, not quite sort of yeah, waking me up at 3.30, but pretty early nonetheless. Um, yeah, in, in one sense, it's, it's hard to explain to them that um, the best Christmas present they will ever receive was, you know, given to us 2,000 years ago. But yeah, there's there's always just so much excitement um, building up to Christmas, and um, of course on Christmas Day itself. So um, yeah, for me, I think any time you see you know, that look of joy on their faces um, is a really special memory, um, especially around Christmas time. Yeah, I know what that's like. I've, I've three children, and two of them still quite young, and. Uh, the early morning wake-ups uh, are certainly worth it when you see their faces on Christmas morning. Um, Tim? Yeah, so, so my son was born two weeks before Christmas, and the first time we took him to church was actually for the midnight mass, and it was just lovely to be there and marking the birth of Christ with my own little baby, as he was at the time, it's a bit bigger now. <laughs> but, uh, but, but that was probably one of the most special Christmas memories for me. Thank you. Um, and finally, Laura? Yeah, for me, I think a memory that kind of sticks out is actually breaking up um, from school for the Christmas holidays. So when I was younger, um, on the last day of term before Christmas, we actually used to have a nine lessons and carol service. Um, so with all of the traditional Christmas Bible readings. And I just remember that at the time, you know, being in primary school, that service sometimes felt interminable, um, like we would never get to the end and get to the Christmas holidays. But of course, we always did, and somehow it felt even better um, because kind of, you know, um, we had to wait, um, and it was just great having that, then that Christmassy feeling, um, getting to, to the end of the service and, and breaking up for the holidays. Great, thank you. So that brings us to the end of our Insightful podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for the interesting discussion about Christianity and your celebrations for Christmas. You've been listening to the Clifford Chance Celebrating Culture podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on future episodes coming soon. If you'd like to know more about the UK Reach Network and the Clifford Chance Christian Fellowship, you can visit our inclusion and diversity pages at our website, cliffordchance.com.